The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources. Welcome everybody to this special edition of BGN Radio. I am Brandon Lee Gelton, your host here. I wanted to do a special episode because why not? It's the off season. We're in a quarantine time. For today's special guest to talk about Carson Wentz and some other Eagles topics, I have Dr. Edwin Porras here with me. Edwin how are you doing here in these quarantine times? I think we're all um, over here with my wife and I. We're doing as good as we can be. What about you guys? Doing good. And uh, I should obviously mention that Edwin uh, it works for fantasypoints.com. You can check out his work there. You can also follow him on Twitter at FBInjuryDoc. Uh, but for our listeners who might not know you, Dr. Porras, uh, what can you tell us about your medical experience, your football experience, and then what you're do- doing for fantasy points. Yeah, so as far as my football experience, you can just call me a washed-up old football player. That's about the extent that you really <laughs> need to know. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's in terms of my training, so I did four years of undergrad, uh, did an exercise science degree at Kansas State, the Kansas State University, and then I went on to do my doctor of physical therapy over the last three years, which is essentially... Uh, diagnosis, treatment, and and management of patients who have any type of muscle, nerve uh, type of injury. And I've really leaned towards the sports performance side of things, especially you just sort of my my background, my undergrad, my exercise science stuff. Really, um, sort of sort of uh, my passion for that came out after I started doing my doctorate classes, and I really enjoy doing any type of like injury analysis. I really like teaching. I think that's really where my passion lies. And I think that's why part of, uh, part of, uh, this injury analysis stuff for the fantasy stuff really came to be, um, I'm with fantasy points now, like you said, I'm super fortunate to be over at people with John, like John Hansen and Joe Dolan, um, all those people over at fantasy points, they are essentially, Getting they get this massive team together. Um, are you a fantasy sports guy? I'm sorry. Honestly, you know it's funny. I I am not so much. Used to be before. Like I feel like football writing became my life, and then it kind of right. just like that consumed me. And I kind of mm-hmm. the fantasy interest is, isn't as the same as it used to be. I totally understand that. No, and it's it's and it's definitely not everybody. But the team that they got together over there is sort of. I like to joke that it's like the '92 Olympic team. They have Grant Barfield and and Scott Barrett. These names that sort of in that like se- subsector of football. Uh, of NFL writing and stuff like that. 
Um, they're sort of sort of uh, big name guys, and I like to joke that I'm the I'm the Christian Leitner of the '92 Olympic team. So that's how I feel over there. Just <laughs> those guys are all sort of proven, and at this point uh, in that section as se- sector of life, anyway. So yeah, uh, fantasypoints.com is a website. If you guys want to, if you're interested in fantasy football, if you want a an edge, I think that that's really the place to go. Even if I wasn't a part of the team, I'd be plugging them because it's it's a really good team over there. So appreciate you asking. Yeah. So the biggest reason I want to have you on here. Uh, Dr. Porce, today is because I stumbled across some of the interesting things you were tweeting about Carson Wentz. Specifically, this is around the time, I believe, or at least the the time I I saw them is around the 2020 NFL draft when uh, basically Carson Wentz becoming injury prone or or the the topic of Carson Wentz being injury prone uh, emerged again. Before we even get into Carson Wentz, though, I wanted to kind of talk about something I found interesting that you have in your Twitter bio. You say that injury prone is a lie. That is, I think, verbatim from your profile. And I, I kind of just want to get into that on a general level. Like, what does that mean? Why is that there? I just I just thought that was interesting. Yeah, so it's definitely tongue-in-cheek. It's just, it's a really complicated answer. And it, it's really difficult to convey on Twitter, which is, I think that's why a lot of people yell at me and get mad at me. So 99.999% of the time that I've heard or seen people use the term injury-prone from a general perspective, it's just, it tends to be lazy analysis. It tends to be, you slap a label on it, you can't explain it, you don't really know why it's happening. People get hurt, they use narrative and opinion, and they slap a label on. The the problem that I have is that from a general standpoint, our human body is really, really strong, resilient, tough. If I go downstairs and I run five miles and come back, there's no reason I'm going to come back with like a twisted ankle, a dislocated shoulder, a concussion, etc. Because it's a low-risk activity. But when you switch the activity and you say, let's go, you know, get in a car and drive 70, 75, 80 miles per hour. And God forbid I get in a wreck. I don't think anybody in their right mind would look at me if I got hurt in that car wreck and say, oh, yeah, man, that person's injury prone. Like, no, right? They'd say that person got hurt in a car wreck. The narrative changes for whatever reason when these football players put on their helmet and their pads. It's, it's, it's still a high risk activity. So it's actually an anomaly to be healthy. I'm going to let you guess here, Brandon. From 2012 to 2014, it's Dr. Lawrence, and uh, he's a, an MD, did a study with him and his crew, and they tracked 512 regular season games. So essentially, you can think of them as like 1,024 games, right? Because it's you, you take into consideration the 11 starters on each side of the ball. So in 1,024 team games, what percentage of those games would you say were documented as injury-free, if you had to guess? Hmm. Um. I'm going to say, I'm thinking it's low. I'm thinking, I'm going to say 18%. It is 2.3% of those games. <laughs> so 23, 23 team games, or or if, if you're just tracking just the 512, the general 512 actual regular season games, it was, it was 12 games. Wow. Being healthy in the NFL, and that's the point that I'm trying to get across, being healthy in the NFL is the anomaly. So when people, you know, use that, that, that phrase, that injury prone, phrase generally speaking it's it's going to be wrong and generally speaking it's just sort of lazy when we get to Carson Wentz specifically here again this is this is why this is why I found you I stumbled across you because uh, again there was all this discussion about Carson Wentz and really to put my own kind of editorializing opinion in here I thought it's pretty unfortunate and pretty unfair for Carson Wentz to go out and you know coming off of 
last offseason, like I get it. You know, he just finished the season injured again. You know, he obviously is the ACL tear in 2017, can't finish the season. 2018, back injury comes up, can't finish the season. So understandably, you know, there's all these questions about him being able to stay healthy going into the 2019 season. But then Carson Wentz starts 17 games. You know, he only gets knocked out at the end of the season because Davion Clowney, like, pretty much dives into the back of his head illegally, should have been a penalty, was not called that. Um, but you have the former NFL of officiating going out and saying that it was a cheap shot. So it's not like some kind of minority opinion here. It's not just like I'm an Eagles writer and I'm a Carson Wentz homer or whatever. And, you know, I'm just taking his side. Like, I think he demonstrated that he could stay healthy. And really, it was interesting because I feel like the discussion this offseason really hasn't even been so much about Carson Wentz being injury prone to the point where the Eagles re-signed Nate Sudfeld as their backup quarterback, presumably, to be the number two guy. And I don't see anyone out there saying, okay, uh, like this isn't good enough. The Eagles need to do more. But all of a sudden, they draft Jalen Hurts, and and we're having this conversation now that the Eagles were really smart to draft Jalen Hurts because Carson Wentz is injury prone. Like The discussion has now come up back again. Now, this is where you come in, Dr. Porras, where I see you having a tweet here, or a tweet thread, I should say, um, where you describe Carson Wentz's injury risk as minimal. My question for you would be, to what extent is Carson Wentz's injury history concerning, and uh, why would you classify his past injuries as fluky, which I think I've seen you mention? Yeah, so that's there's so many good points there, Brandon. The, the, the thing about Carson Wentz in particular is you nailed it. I mean, he had just finished a, a season where he was injury-free. And the specific injuries that he's had, even if you want to classify them as put them into two buckets, right? What was the chance that they were going to happen in the first place? And what are the chances that it'll happen again or decrease his performance? And they're all really low. You can start with, from a general standpoint, in that same study I just mentioned, of like 4,000 something injuries, quarterbacks have a one in 12 chance of being injured compared to, uh, let's see here, linebackers, 21 in, in 100, you know, running backs, 21 in 100, defensive backs, 23, wide receivers, 30 in 100. So you're looking at like half of what these skill positions do, less than half. So the chances of, of quarterbacks getting injured in general in the modern era is just is just ridiculously low. And when you look at, let's start with the most you know significant one, his ACL tear. 72% of, of ACL tears are non-contact in nature. And essentially what you need to know about what that means and why that matters is that because generally when you tear an ACL in a non-contact manner, there's something funky going on. That's that's the medical term that we, that we learned in school is funky. Uh, there's something going on with your hip, uh, rotation, your your the strength in your hamstrings, the strength in your quad. There's something going on there, and that's just not what happened with Wentz. Like he just took on a defender. I I remember watching when he did that, and I said, "Oh my, that's a brutal hit that he took at the goal line to dive at the goal line." And he, that's just not going to happen to him again. Like obviously, it's a violent game, but I I'm relatively certain he probably learned his lesson after that the eagles are a smart organization they probably pulled him into the office they said hey let's watch this game clip again hey let's not do that again there are the chances of, of him re redoing that are, are so low and the fact that and i'll let i'll play i like playing the guessing game because it's so fun so what what are the chances <laughs> uh brandon or i guess let's let me put it this way what percentage of of quarterbacks would you say in that sort of 2012 to 2014 period, what percentage of quarterbacks in a total of 162 quarterbacks do you think tore their ACL in that time period? No, I'm cheating here because I, I have the answer. Is it 2.5? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Where'd you get it? 
I, I saw your tweet about it. <laughs> oh, right, 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 right. Oh, you did say that. Sorry. I just get so excited to share this stuff. No, yeah, 2.5. Yeah, that's 2.5. So the chances, and then you also look at the fact that the ACL, when you have ACL reconstruction, reconstructive surgery, that graft that they take, what they use to replace the old ACL, that thing heals and it doesn't really fully mature until about 12 to 16 months. So he's well removed from that. Just like Deshaun Watson is well removed from his two ACL surgeries. So like the chances that he's going to re-tear his ACL are extremely low. And then another part of, of that study that I found really interesting. Well, this is actually a different study. Um, but they looked at every single injury from 1980 to 2018. And what they saw in ACLs, and this is a quote, an ACL had a significant negative financial impact on future earnings and was also associated with diminished performance following return to play in all NFL positions except quarterbacks. So this ACL injury, according to the literature, this isn't my opinion, is not going to affect him long term. And the rest of the injuries that he's had are sort of the same thing. The wrist injury, research shows it's not going to affect him in the long term. The back injury, he was 25, I think, and peak bone density. And this is a little more conjecture, a little more theory. But he had those two fractures early in his life. And he was like 23 and then 25 his bone density is going to peak now that he's 26, I think 27, even though I'm not saying it won't happen again, those, the, that, that vertebral fracture he had is super uncommon. And now that he's stronger, he's older, his bones are a lot more dense. I'm not necessarily, I don't think that it'll happen again is what I'm saying. So it, it's fair to say then just again, just to kind of clarify here, like it's fair to say, or would you say it's fair to say that some of the conversation about him being injury prone is overblown? So overblown. I think it's so overblown. And I, and I understand, though, to a certain extent, like when the average person looks at a, a history and they say, man, that person has had a lot of injuries and they've missed a lot of times. Yeah, they have. And that's that's not wrong. At the same time, you have to look at what the data says, what the science says. You have to sort of clinically reason through everything like the cheap shot, like you said, uh, from Clowney. That's I mean, that's that's just a, a, a cheap shot. Let's call it what it is, right? I mean, then that, that shouldn't mm-hmm. happen again. And like I said, football is an extremely violent sport, but none of the injuries that Wentz has had are going to be disabling to him in the future. And there's and there's very, very little reason that statistically they should happen again. So we'll take a quick break here. And then when we come back, uh, Dr. Porter, I want to ask you about some other Eagles players on the roster. So we'll be back right after this. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. 
Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Back here on BGN Radio, special edition with myself, Brandon Lee Gowton, and Dr. Edwin Porras from fantasypoints.com. Uh, Dr. Porras talking about injury history and kind of it being overblown with Carson Wentz. Now I know I'm going to have some devil's advocates out there because you know, there, there are a good amount of Carson Wentz detractors and, uh, and, and just wanted to also set the stage here again. You're, you're not an Eagles fan. So you're not coming nope, at this yep. from the, the standpoint of like, you're, you're just a Carson Wentz homer, you're Carson Wentz defender. Cause that's what you get labeled at sometimes when you, you know, you go into Carson Wentz and you, and you defend him that way, but kind of going. So, Taking that devil's advocate view, like, okay, you know, Carson Wentz hasn't finished the past three seasons healthy, you know, 2017, again, the Super Bowl, Nick Foles has to come in 2018, Nick Foles has to come in again, last year gets knocked out of the playoff game, Josh McCown comes in. Uh, so my question would be then, like, when does an injury history kind of become more concerning? I think you listed an example in some of the tweets I saw you tweet out, and I specifically kind of, I guess, Sidney Jones would kind of come to mind to me, you know, an Eagles player here who uh, had an Achilles tear mm. leading up to the 2017 NFL draft, and which is why he fell that year, thought he could go in the first round, falls to the second round. And then since then, he's had a bunch of kind of uh, injury issues since then, hamstring and other kind of nagging issues. Um, so, so yeah, that's my question for you is like, when does an injury history kind of become more concerning? Yeah. So an injury history becomes concerning when you see a pattern that a statistically recurs and B from an, like an anatomical physiological level, um, is, is makes sense. Uh, so like an example is a concussion and a clavicle fracture and a ruptured spleen and a torn ACL. Those are all just out of the out of the blue random injuries um the ruptured spleen acl and clavicle fracture that's like keenan allen in the beginning of his of his career and people labeled him injury prone uh and he's been fine since then that's a totally random sort of set of injuries when you look at a player like even like you you're like sydney jones is sort of an example um he's got connective tissue issues that he's been dealing with right like sort of even you want to call them muscular issues the Achilles tendon is a massive tendon that runs alongside, you know, underneath from from the calf. And the job of the tendon is to pull on the bone. And that takes a lot of tensile strength. And that's that you could technically label that as like a muscular strain. And then he, like you were saying, he had those hamstring strains. So that's a pattern where you're seeing, okay, is there something in his muscles? You know, is there some sort of dysfunction, uh, muscle imbalance? What's going on with that, um, that he's just having these these recurrent issues. And then I also think about Will Fuller from the Texans. Uh, he's unfortunately had this, this injury history since he came into the league, even before that of these hamstring strains. And now he had a groin strain. And so it's just sort of, they feed into each other. And the ACL that, that Will Fuller had is, is also not a coincidence because the hamstrings work to protect the ACL. And so now he finished the season, the 2019 season with a groin strain. You really do look at that player and, and you, and you wonder, and I don't have the answers. I don't know. I'm not in the in the room with him. I'm not doing his physical. I, you know, I don't have his medical records, et cetera, et cetera. You just, you, you really look at that player and you have to question, 
and, and sort of view them as, okay, this player needs to show me that they can stay healthy because they, they haven't been able to show us yet. And that's, those are the types of players that I look at. And I don't even really label them injury prone. I just label them as, okay, they're not staying healthy for a reason. There's probably an underlying reason for that. Getting into some of the other Eagles players on the roster that have injury concerns that I wanted to ask you about. Um, wanted to see where you think Alshon Jeffrey kind of stands after suffering a list Frank injury in mid-December last year. Uh, when do you think he would be ready to play? Uh, is the start starting out on the PUP, obviously assuming that there's a regular start to the season and everything, right, you know, right. coronavirus pandemic notwithstanding. And to what extent do you still think he can be effective? You know, he's 30 years old. He's coming off this serious injury. Um, just wanted to see if you had any thoughts on where he kind of stands. Yeah, that's, man. And that's the thing about Alshon Jeffrey is I like him as a player. And so it's really tough to give this type of analysis. So hopefully this will show my, my impartiality, right. To Eagles players as I'm not, I'm not very, very optimistic on, on Alshon Jeffrey. And that's just because of this recent study that came out on NFL players and they had a, a list Frank injury. So the average return for these players after the list Frank injury um, is about 10 months. So give or take, a couple of months there, right? It can be anywhere between eight, eight and 11, 12 months. He's 30 years old. So the likelihood of him coming back before that, like nine or 10 month mark is, I don't know, pretty low, generally speaking. Uh, and so that's what you're looking at. So yeah, the, the, the chances of him coming back and not being on the pup are really, really low. So even when he does come back, unfortunately, the study also found that in the first season back, these offensive players who come back from a uh, uh, list Frank injury, they have a 21% drop off in performance and they measured performance by uh, receptions, touchdowns and yards. So that's what you're looking at. And you're also looking at um, if you want to think of another example, Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown for the Ravens, he had a list Frank injury and he didn't have the hardware taken out all of 2019. And we saw him on the injury report. I think it was like more than half the season he was on there with an ankle or a foot. So those are the, that's sort of the, for, to use fantasy terms, that's like the floor on Alshon Jeffrey is he's in and out of the lineup. He's in, on and off of the injury report. He makes a big play now and then, but overall you look at the numbers at the end of the season and he's average or below average. And given his age, that doesn't really help him. And then looking at another wide receiver the Eagles have here, Deshaun Jackson, you know, he's coming off a 2019 core muscle surgery. You know, he, he was awesome in week one with the Eagles. When uh, they were down, I believe seventeen to seven or whatever it was, seventeen zero at one point to to Washington in week one, and they stormed back, and he looks awesome. And Carson Wentz and him really had a really great connection, not only in that game but the entire off season. Uh, just watching him in off season practices, those two were on the same page. So obviously, it would be a big deal if Deshaun Jackson could be effective in two thousand and twenty. He's missed an average of five point two games in his last five seasons you know so the you know it hasn't been a great go of it for him in terms of uh being available in recent seasons but uh what do you kind of think about his outlook he's turning 34 this year he's coming off of this surgery to what extent do you think Deshaun can still be effective here so I will flip flip the narrative a little bit with Deshaun just because of the type of player that he is he has had these injuries before so he had a groin strain like even back in like 2009 2010 I think it was and then he had it and then he he went a long time without getting another one other than he had some hamstring injuries um, then he went until 2017 and eventually you know at 33 years old he finally had surgery on on the thing this is like his third 
groin groin uh, pull that he had that he hadn't fixed it. And so the fact that he's a burner really, really sets him back without doing that surgery. The good news is that when they did this surgery on a total of 57 NFL players, um, this is Dr. Jack and his and his uh, his crew. They did it on offensive and defensive players. They found that the pre and post sort of uh, um, the performance and the career length did not change whether they had the surgery or not. So you that's that's good news for Deshaun. In other words, uh, he's had having the surgery, and from an average standpoint. He should be he should be good to go. He should be low recurrence rate. Um, he should be able to sprint down the field. That's that's his specialty. Um, even though he is 33 years old, um, the dude is just an absolute beast of a, of a of an athlete. And the fact that he had the surgery luckily tells us that he's not he's not going to have necessarily a drop off because of the surgery. The only concern that you have, and it's sort of a minimal concern really, is you combine his age along with sort of his his specific skill set and you just hope that he hasn't lost a step but like i said the research says that shouldn't happen uh at the same time he's older than the subjects that were in this study so you take that with for what it's worth um given his 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 sort of role in that offense i think that he can still be successful i think he can still take the top off the defense even if he's not making a big play one last question for you here maybe another one but one thing i didn't even prep you with it so i'm just throwing this at to blind here but it just kind of popped up in my head when we were talking about this so the eagles have kind of had an injury issue as an as a team yeah, like uh-huh, they've, they've uh-huh. been one of the more injured teams in the league uh the past couple of years and they actively addressed that this offseason they actually hired um two significant hires in terms of um, a new director of sports medicine, uh, former Vikings coordinator of rehabilitation class assistant athletic trainer, uh, Tom Hunkel. And they also hired former Rams director of strength training and performance, Ted Rath, who is also Sean McVay's get back coach. Everyone knows him from that video where he's holding Sean McVay back. <laughs> getting too far into the field. I didn't know that he was a, a trainer. That's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's how everyone knows him uh, uh, as Philly's new director of sports performance. So uh, when you look at adjusted games lost um, by football outsiders, uh, both of those guys or both of those teams, I should say, cause, you know, it's kind of hard to just to, to attribute it to one guy there, but they have kind of encouraging track records in that like they're, these are, these are guys who've been on medical staffs where the team has been pretty healthy, uh, over the track record that they've been with. Is there anything to that? Like I've, I've kind of thought like, okay, there's some kind of reason to be optimistic here. Again, it's not as simple to me probably as you hire these guys and then now your team is healthy, but the fact that like they're coming from, um, these these places where players have been able to stay healthy. Do you think there's any kind of value that can be brought, and just in terms of like what they know or how they've seen things done? Yeah, I definitely do. The thing about the Eagles, though, is that they've been, and again, I'm impartial. I have no horse in the race. I, I, you know, I, I basically become an Eagles fan, I guess, by proxy because of of my buddy Ben that I told you. We did a podcast all of 2019 together and every week it was he was asking me a new Eagles question. And so I had to answer those questions for him. And so I did a lot of research on the Eagles, but they're, they're a pretty smart organization. And I'm sure you, you're well aware of this. They they are sort of they abide by what the data says. They abide by analytics. Um, they'll, they make really smart decisions. I, I, I just think that a lot of teams do have bad luck. And like we were saying, if you think about Carson Wentz, if you lump him into into the injuries that they've had over the last few years and you sort of look at it and say, oh, yeah, well, 
if Carson Wentz has been just sort of unlucky, sort of fluky, then that really contributes to the narrative that they've had a lot of uh, injuries. And it's not so much that they have more so. I'd have to sit down and really tabulate if they do have more injuries on, uh, on average um, or if they're just to sort of bigger star names, if that makes sense. But there is some there's value to be had in in the training staff. There's value to be had in the rehab staff. Um, and it's not just the head the head physician either, because the, the athletic trainers are really the unsung heroes of that medical of that medical staff. The, the physical therapists, they're the ones that spend time day after day, hour after hour with the players in their rehab, in their prehab, the strength and conditioning coaches that, that set up all of their. Uh, all their off-season workouts and routines. So those are the people that really do make a difference and make an impact. Um, so it's definitely, it shows me that by hiring those people, the Eagles are at least aware of, of what the narrative is about them. And they are also aware just for the, their own players' health and safety, they're taking it seriously, which is something that you really, really have to respect. I was having this conversation with Tom Simons, who's also over at fantasypoints.com, but he, he, I was saying to him, it's that I would be surprised. I would be shocked if a team like I, a team that's still in the dark ages, I won't point any specific teams out that doesn't necessarily use data and analytics as much to their favor. And it shows on the field and it shows um, in a lot of different, uh, a lot of different aspects. But you can also consider the Seahawks. The Seahawks are, they tend to lie on the, uh, on the high side of the, or I guess on the low side of average. Like they have, better injury quote-unquote luck when they draft their players and that's because they do their research that because that's because they look at the data that i'm citing right now and they just tend to have better quote-unquote luck now is that luck there's probably a little bit of you know understanding and, and skill set that comes to that but when it comes to the eagles hiring these these new these new guys and coming on board i think it shows that they're serious and it shows that they understand that there might be an underlying problem okay so one final question for real uh you have carson wentz i can do this uh, all day man Go ahead. <laughs> you, you've explained your outlook on him. So how do you feel then kind of about the Eagles as a whole? It's from a general perspective heading into the 2020 season. Um, like what's your outlook for them, you know, given that, you know, you're, you're feeling like Carson Wentz. You, you might be more optimistic, I guess, on him than some others might be. Some neutral observers might be who, you know, think he's just going to get hurt again or whatever. Well, I think that first I, some people were taking me and saying – Saying what I, I think the one thing that I want to get across to Brandon is I'm not saying or predicting Carson Wentz will be injury free. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying he's not going to get hurt. It's a violent game. We just talked about how being, you know, being healthy is an anomaly. What I'm saying is that the data tells us and my clinical reasoning and my education tells me that his, his injuries were statistically just the, the, uh, the chances of them happening were low and the chances of them happening again are even lower. So I'm, that's what I'm saying. So when it comes to the 2020 season for the Eagles, I mean, Miles Sanders is healthy, right? I think your guys' yep. um, your, your, your offensive line is relatively healthy. Um, you guys drafted uh, a couple of speed guys in the draft. I mean, from a physical performance standpoint and from a health standpoint, that, that offense is looking really, really good to me. And that's like, like you said, that's from like a neutral observer. Well, thanks again, Dr. Ports, for jumping on here. I really appreciate the insight. I, I learned a lot. I feel like I, I hope the listeners learned a lot as well. Again, sure, um, yeah. do, you, 
Do you have any final thoughts, any th- final things you want to plug before we head out? No, I really appreciate you having me on, Brandon. It means a lot. And uh, I, maybe I wasn't clear in the beginning. You called me Dr. Porter the whole time. Super respectful. I'm sorry. You could have just called me Edward. <laughs> I should have made that more clear. Um, but I appreciate how respectful you were, how professional you were. Um, and this was a good time, man. I like talking about uh, Carson Wentz and his, and his injury. So everybody, make sure to go to fantasypoints.com if you're a uh, fantasy player. Also, follow Edwin on uh, on Twitter at FBInjuryDoc. Again, check out his work, as he said, on FantasyPoints.com. You can also follow Fantasy Points on Twitter. That's FantasyPTS. So make sure you do that because there are a lot of good people over there. Again, Joe Dolan, uh, also a, a Philly guy. Feel like I think that's fair to say he just took uh, he just took Carson Wentz in our in our fantasy league that we're in. Actually, it's funny. Of course he did. Um, so so we, <laughs> and we have to get him on. We have to get him on. He, sure, he rightfully yeah. called me out for not having him on. So uh, look forward to that. Thanks again for jumping on. This has been a BGN Radio special edition. We will talk to you next time. BGN. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.